You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello, hello, hello. Let's get right down to it. Yes. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> I am Davey Portman. This is Up Next. Welcome postwrestling.com and wherever you find your podcasts and of course we are live on twitch.tv slash up next podcast hello twitch room if you're watching give us a follow say hello we're glad to have you here but as you might have heard that is not the usual opening we have to up next because Braden's had enough he's quit he's taken his ball and gone home NXT is dead. He's never coming back. That is the end. Uh, no, I am kidding. And uh, Braden's just having a well-deserved day off. He's gone to a concert tonight. And luckily, we do have someone else to hold down the fort. And that is Mr. Shot in the Dark himself, John Ceno Evil. John, how are you today? I'm doing great. I honestly thought Braden just went to go join his friends in AEW, his friend Scrump <laughs> in the front row there, and sit there and just become all elite. Is this true? This is the first NXT that he's missed. Like he kept saying that, but I wasn't like sure about that. He's never missed an episode of Up Next or Was Next. I think uh, it's it's his first Up Next. He's definitely missed. Uh, we've we've had someone else fill in for a Was Next and right. uh, BD Elite and some Patreon shows, but I think. I think this is the first since the the up next era uh, that Braden's missed. So uh, he very much deserves the day off. And uh, I know he's having a lot of fun at a concert right now. Um, well, so good I, for I, him. I, I got... I got to tell you a little secret. So I've been hearing this Braden Harrington every couple of weeks talking about NXT is dead and, and everybody should leave. So, you know, I paid him a little visit and uh, Braden Harrington is uh, somewhere out at the dock with my cousin uh, Vinny. 
Cousin Vinny or, or Cousin Frankie swimming with the fishes, because that's what's happening Ooh. this Thursday, I believe. Is it not, Sino? It is this Thursday. You're right. Fire Frank. I don't want to say his name. I don't want to. I got to give him a different name, like 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 Flaming Fred or something. You know, I got to got to yeah. be conspicuous in the Winners Protection Aid program. But uh, yeah, I made a couple phone calls, and I mean, you know, Braden took a a well well deserved vacation. Absolutely. Well, yes, this is up next. We are your NXT friends. See, no, that, that's your Sorry, job. I, there we go. Yeah, I know, friends. I know. Friends. There we go. Friends. There we go. We are here every Tuesday night, 10.15, live on twitch.tv slash podcast, And wherever you find your podcasts, talking all about NXT. And we also do a show every Wednesday night at 10.15, uh, following AEW Dynamite um, every week. Uh, NXT, AEW. And then, of course, we have our Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. Um, where you can find all kinds of other reviews. Uh, say this week, we've got a lot coming up with it being Survivor Series week. We're doing a flashback review, Braden and I, looking at Survivor Series 2001. It's the 20th anniversary of The Alliance versus WWE. WCW, ECW taking on WWE um, at Survivor Series. It's the culmination of the invasion angle. Uh, Braden and I are going to be talking all about that this week in reviews from The Six. And we have our annual Survivor Series draft. It's our third Survivor Series draft. I know we have Braden, last year's winner, the first BDE champion, taking on the current champion, Fire Frank, as well as Brandon from New Jersey. And we have a couple of guests as well who are going to be playing the draft this year in the bid for the BDE Championship. That will be this very Thursday live on twitch.tv slash up next podcast. But that's not all for this week. We also have our uh, watch along for Survivor Series this Sunday uh twitch.tv slash up next podcast we'll be hosting a live watch along of uh of survivor series 2021 uh and boy aren't we excited to talk all about smackdown versus raw which brand will reign supreme sino how excited are you about survivor series this weekend um not that excited especially the fact that it's happening (laughs) in my backyard in new york and i have really no intention of going um so I'm just like, whatever. Like every time I tune in, it's like, oh, this guy's not part of the team now. They got replaced with somebody else and this person's out. And it's just like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Uh, do you think you'll change your mind? Can you see yourself going there um, like last minute? Boy, it really I don't hasn't know. I, you I, at all. Yeah, I, I worked that day. I worked to like 6 p.m. So it literally had to be like a last minute thing. Just me just jumping on the train and heading down there. But I don't really see myself wanting to go unless like they something big leaks out or some surprise or something i might consider it but it's got to be like really good tickets like i'm not going to spend like an arm and a leg for it well if you don't go you know you can hang out with us in the twitch room um and be there for our watch along guys uh they're always a lot of fun uh brayden and i will be doing this this weekend um but we also have some stuff on this feed we've just done our uh, AW Full Gear review, uh, Full Gear, the huge AW pay per view this weekend. Uh, hear all our thoughts on this very th- feed. And previously in the month, we were joined by Mr. Wei Ting from Post Wrestling to do an episode of Best Match Ever, where we talked about the SmackDown Six. Now, 
Uh, there were a lot of Eddie tributes at Full Gear. And, well, we do a lot of Eddie tributes in this show because there's a lot of Eddie Guerrero uh, talking about the best matches of the SmackDown 6. Check that out on the Patreon. We've got episodes of Was Next where we look at classic 2013 NXT. We've got a Karate Kid Part 2 review up there. And then next week, we're going to be looking at TakeOver Toronto 2016. It's the five-year anniversary, as well as celebrating St. Andrew's Day for all our Scottish listeners, where we'll be talking about Ted Danson in Loch Ness. Maybe the most anticipated I, review we've ever done. You know, it's funny. Like, I was with, hanging out with Fire Frank uh, the other day in uh, New York City, and we were talking about, like, where did this, like, even come from? And we were thinking it came from the Leprechaun review, right? Because we were thinking of other I holidays. So. And then Ted Danson, for some reason, was, like, a very popular... Uh, person of discussion in those tw- in those late night twist chats we- that we'd have, and just became this Ted Danson love marathon to the point where got to do the review now. So yeah, I-, I can't wait for this one. I can't wait to talk all about this uh, this film, and hopefully, it looks like we might be having a guest for that one. So so stay tuned with that. But uh, very much looking forward to that. Go check out the Patreon. It's only five bucks to be a North American champion, and. Uh, there's coming up to 400 shows in the back catalogue you can check out right there. So uh, do yourself a favour and subscribe to patreon.com slash up next. And while you're at it, go to our YouTube channel as well. This costs absolutely nothing. Go to youtube.com slash up next and give us a follow. It, it costs nothing and it helps us out a lot. Subscribe to us. It would be awesome. Um, well, I think that's all the plugs out the way. Um, but John, h- how are you doing? There's been your Mr. Shot in the Dark because you're the man that uh, hosts uh, Shot in the Dark every Wednesday on this free feed where you talk about yep. all the wrestling that's going on that uh, people might have missed. Um, but what kind of has has caught your eye? Uh, I, I haven't really got to talk to you much about Full Gear yet, but uh, quick yeah. like, cliff notes. What were your thoughts on Full Gear? Absolutely. Um, I mean, first of all, I started transitioning from doing impact reports to dynamite reports now on postwrestling.com. So I feel like I'm paying more attention to AEW. Not that I wasn't before, but now it's like I'm obviously taking more notes now and everything. So that kind of made me excited for full gear. Um, the problem was I was working during full gear, so I could not watch it live. I had to literally turn off my phone and avoid all spoilers and then come home because I had to do the live report for the New Japan show, which is happening in, in uh, San Jose at 11 p.m. So I had to watch that show first. And then I was so amped up and excited at 2 a.m. I just I threw on full gear and I fell asleep during the MJF match. Not that it wasn't good. I just it was it was too tired. So yeah. I the next morning I woke up and I watched it and I really enjoyed the show. It was really good. Um, I can understand some concerns about it possibly being too long or maybe you can cut a match or two. But overall, it was a really strong show. I think it was the best like built up show as far as like storylines go. You obviously had your payoff with Hangman and Page and you had the Eddie and CM Punk storyline. Um, I just me personally, I think that all out and maybe even Grand Slam were better possibly because we were there. So obviously the whole experience mm. makes it like that. I'm not saying Full Gear wasn't their their best show. I, had, I think I had to go back and rewatch the show as a whole. But I think like from a storyline perspective, it was like up straight up and down, like one of their best shows. What was your match of the night? Uh, MJF and uh, and Darby. Yeah, for sure. me too. And kind of what else is on your radar? What will you be? Uh, can you give us a little preview of what you're going to be talking about tomorrow on Shot in the Dark? Yeah, absolutely. I've, the usual stuff, AEW, AEW Dark Elevation. Um, now that I'm not doing the Impact reports, I'm going to start talking about Impact on Shot in the Dark itself. So you can hear my thoughts on Minoru Suzuki versus Caleb with a K that happened on this past week's episode, uh, wow. which was a doozy. 
Uh, and then Minoru <laughs> Suzuki goes in and fights Chris Dickinson on New Japan Strong. It's funny, like a lot of the people that wrestle on shows like cross over to the other shows, so I see them like in multiple like variations in other shows. It's really it's a really like fun to see like one person that was on like MLW one week shows up on New Japan Strong next week, and it's like we're kind of following their journeys as they they jump around from like these B or C shows. Um, mm. So yeah, you could talk you can have me talk about all that. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and Chris Dickinson was probably my my favorite matches I watched this week, and it sucks because he just got injured at this past. Yeah. Uh, battle in the valley show which is really you know it really sucks i'm a big fan of chris dickinson um and obviously there's a lot of stuff happening with ring of honor and uh in the funniest way they wrote off i want to say in quotation marks jay lethal i'm not sure if this is the last we've seen of him but if it is it's a really weird way to write him off so you can hear my thoughts on that tomorrow uh his last appearance whole i guess for ring of honor before he shows up on AEW on tomorrow on dynamite yeah I, i guess he will be showing up tomorrow um but yeah, everyone, make sure you check out Shot in the Dark. It's uh, under 15 minutes catching you up with everything you may have missed. And so you can feel well informed and and grow that big wrestling brain of yours. Um, before we move on, I did forget to plug uh, a couple more shows. I'm going to be joining uh, Wei Ting and Jordan Goodman on the Wellness Policy this Thursday, I believe at 3 p.m. Uh, and this week we're talking about uh, the subject's community. So uh, I'm joining those guys to talk all about that. Uh, wellness policy, fantastic show that Way and Jordan have put together uh, discussing uh, kind of mental health and well-being, uh, which is something I think all of us can check in at, at times. Um, so come and join us for that. And then I'll be joined by uh, British Wrestling Experience and Grapple Spotlight host Benno uh, this Friday on the sesh talking about the latest episode of succession. So lots and lots and st- of stuff there to check out across up next, the Patreon and post wrestling. Um, but Sino, what, what have you, uh, been up to this week? I know the internet is a buzz tonight and, and no, not because of, uh, the poker game, but, uh, because of a certain trailer that just dropped. Ooh, yes. You're talking about the, uh, Spider-Man, uh, no Way Home trailer, right? I am. Yes. Have you watched it yet? I did. I had to, I'm not going to lie. I had to watch it during NXT. I had to play NXT in a quick pause just to watch this three or four minute video. It's funny because I told myself I wasn't going to watch it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. The movie comes out in like a month. There's no reason mm. to watch it. But then in my head, I'm thinking, are they really going to show what I think they're going to show? And I'm like, I don't think they're going to. And I saw like a quick picture and I was like, this seems like something totally different. But like they hyped it up so much because you have like this big fan event, I think, in, in Los Angeles and everybody's talking about it. So they made it seem like it was a huge thing. Not that it wasn't, but it wasn't what we expected. Um, so I was there didn't really spoil anything that I didn't already know. I mean, we can talk about spoilers, I guess they do show. Some of the yeah, let's let's just thought. say uh, skip ahead maybe three minutes if you're one of those people that doesn't want to know anything about stuff coming right. out. But yeah, let, let's quickly talk about what was on it. So they didn't show Tobey Maguire. They didn't show Andrew Garfield, which was the two things that people thought they were going to show. Instead, they showed all the other villains that were like pretty much rumored and confirmed. You had Willem Dafoe in there as the Green Goblin. You had Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx as Electro. You had um, Thomas Hayden Church as uh, the Sandman was there. Lizard was there. You had all the Yeah, I thought I saw Lizard six. as well. Yeah, he was there at the very end. So you pretty much got the, the real first look and confirmation of all the villains. And there was like some other teases. I need to watch the trailer like two or three times to really break it down. But there was like some other teases of like other forces coming in to help. So I'm guessing that's where like the other Spider-Man's coming. Even the scene where you see MJ falling off the building, I feel like 
Death it's Peter the Parker Gwen Stacy death thing. Exactly. So I think yeah. another Spider-Man is gonna is gonna save him, especially the part where Doctor Octopus was like, "You're not Peter Parker." So obviously they're already acknowledging there's other Peter Parkers. So I think they're gonna save that for the actual movie, which I is very happy. I'm, I'm I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them actually in the theater with a big reaction and with a crowd and just get all. It's, it's like like you said previous times. It's a CM Punk thing, right? We know it's gonna happen, but when we see it, it's gonna make it so much more exciting. Oh, absolutely. Like, I I think it would be a, a real shame if they showed it in the trailer. We know it's coming, but uh, still, I, I want to wait. It's AJ Styles showing up at the Rumble, isn't it? It's that kind of thing. You know it's happening. Yeah. Um, but I can't I can't wait for this film. Uh, the trailer looks nuts. Um, I love all the, the teases and the callbacks from the other films and stuff, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, it, very exciting stuff. Um but yeah, and you've been what, catching what up to your Marvel. You've been catching up to your Marvel, right? You saw Eternals. I'm not sure uh, if you saw Shang Chi yet, but I did. I went to see Eternals on uh, at the weekend, and I quite enjoyed it. Actually, I I don't know anything about the Eternals. Never read the comics. No, no zero about them. But uh, I actually pretty enjoyed it. Uh, not like top tier Marvel, but it's definitely uh, it's not at the bottom for me for sure. And um, I still need to catch up on Shang-Chi, so I definitely need to see that before before Spider-Man. But I know it's on Disney Plus now, so I'll either yep. do that or I, I do want to catch it in a movie theatre while it's still out. Because um, I do prefer seeing sil- films in a cinema. So uh, I, did yeah, see, uh, uh, Cl- I did see Clifford the Big Red Dog. I could talk about that if you like. <laughs> in, in the theatres? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was oh. one that, uh, luck- luckily, it was available on one of these... 55 streaming services that i have and my son really wanted to see us so like, oh, you know what they got a free a free trial membership let's let's throw this out and watch it you see that i would have to see on imax like i really want to see that <laughs> that big red dog be really big and really red <laughs> in comparison from a from a seven-year-old standpoint he highly enjoyed clifford the red dog when we put on the new home alone movie the new home sweet home alone movie within like 40 minutes he's like dad i don't like this like can we turn this off and he never says that about any movie so if he says that about a movie i was relieved because i hate it It was terrible it's such a bad movie it's really um, bad like and they try to like mention kevin McAllister at one point like they like well, somebody's on the phone with, oh yeah my brother kevin and it's like all right come on like you're trying so hard and the movie was not good it was so forced to try to be like the original home alone and it didn't land at any level but clifford the big red dog not that bad. If you got kids and they cho- have to choose a movie, I would choose Clifford over uh, Home Alone, Home Sweet Home Alone. I mean, I when I saw the the trailer for it, I, it did look bad, but I do like the kid. I think he's the kid from Jojo Rabbit, so I thought maybe okay. he could be quite funny. I familiar because he's pretty funny in that film. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I can't say it's probably one I'm going to be checking out unless it's kind of Christmas Day and I'm a few bottles of wine deep i don't know <laughs> yeah you gotta be you gotta be a couple bottles down for that one i think so um so yeah it is survivor series coming up this weekend um so maybe let's quickly go through the card and give some predictions before we get into uh nxt is, is there anything i i know you said you're not you're probably not going to go and it, it isn't really grabbing you is there right. anything on this mat on this card that uh you does interest you in any way um i know like Aaliyah was originally stated for the smackdown women's team and i know she's an empty spot now so i'm hoping that's zia lee and she can possibly get a good like you know dominant maybe not a win but maybe she can run through like two or three eliminations could make her look strong um i would like to see that um i mean roman and biggie is going to be good obviously rk bro versus the usos i'm a fan of rk bro i like them i'm not sure if you if you like their humor 
but they're uh, i really too. enjoy rk bro i i think they're pretty funny i think they're one of the best uh best things going on raw at the moment actually I heard an interview today that Randy Orton said that he wanted to ride the camel and Vince McMahon said, no, it's not your character. You're not goofy enough. I would have loved to see Randy on the uh, camel, like, even if it was like for a second or something, just like, you know, Riddle forces him up there. Just the visual of seeing like Riddle and Orton together on those camels would have been pretty funny. So you're saying Randy's allowed to ride a sperm to the ring at WrestleMania, <laughs> but he can't ride a camel in Saudi Arabia? Come on. Well, yeah, sperm is, you know, for Vince, that's very you know, very male dominant. Masculine. Thing, but, a, yeah. but, a, but a camel, you can't get on a camel. He's just a goofy looking animal. I could just see Vince right now, his like wheels spinning in his head on, on the comparison between a camel and sperm. But um, as far as the rest of the show goes, um, they're hyping up like Bruno San Martino, which is kind of interesting. I didn't even realize that until today. They're, they're making all these Bruno San Martino shirts. So that alone, mm. I was like, hey, Frank, if you're going to go fire Frank, you need to bring me back a Bruno shirt. Um, you know, people were like suspecting maybe you're the rock is the 25th anniversary of his debut, but it looks like that's not going to happen unless it's like a total surprise. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else that really stands out. Like Nakamura and Priest is just happening because they happen to be champions. There's no build to that at all. Um, there's other stuff between Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins and, and Biggie, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it feels like this, yeah. the show just feel like it's happening just to happen. The two Survivor Series matches itself really means nothing to me. Uh, I think there is interest in Becky and Charlotte, uh, especially with all the kind of real life drama going on. And I, I have enjoyed both of their their promos on kind of uh, like Becky's promo yesterday. I, I really liked. Uh, so I am looking forward to that. And Biggie Roman does interest me because I, if this was the other company, right, I think you'd have Biggie win this. It's not for a title. You then have that blemish uh the one blemish against roman reigns's run and then you could keep these separate for a long long time until you do that eventual match knowing wwe i feel roman is just in that brock role now and biggie's gonna put up a good fight but ultimately lose but i'd really like to see biggie win this one i think it would be way more interesting yeah, that story's been been pretty good. Like the fact that like on SmackDown, the Usos have been feuding with the New Day. They took out Kofi. They just took out Xavier, you know, stole his crown and everything. So the build for that has been good. I, I would have rather had the six-man match, the Usos and Roman against the New Day, mm-hmm. but obviously they want to do champions versus champions. But yeah, that match should be good. And Charlotte and Becky, I'm intrigued, obviously, with all the talk that happened between them backstage or whatever. I'm intrigued to see what this match is even going to look like. So I'll definitely watch the show, but it, I, it's not one that I that I plan on jumping on the train to go watch that night. Fair enough. Well, let's jump in the train right now to go to the Capital Wrestling Center for WWE NXT 2.0 from November 16th, 2021. We open with a match between Tony D'Angelo and Dexter Loomis. Now, you might recall last week that uh, Tony gave some words to Indy Hartwell and actually gave her a dead fish because she was kind of, he was insinuating that Dexter, her husband, is going to be swimming with the fishes. Now, as Dexter Loomis makes his entrance, there's an easel with one of his paintings, one of his drawings on there, and it's revealed to be Tony D'Angelo underwater with the fishes. The match starts with Dexter chasing Tony around ringside. Uh, Tony scouts the leapfrog drop down from Dexter and starts to get a bit cocky, but eats a right hand to the chin. Tony then catches Dexter with a belly-to-belly and starts to stomp down on Loomis. D'Angelo manages to fight out of the silence. Dexter comes back with this clothesline and goes for the bulldog combo, but Tony D'Angelo escapes. 
That's when Tony brings in the easel to try and use as a weapon, but the referee takes it out the ring, and as she's distracted, D'Angelo pokes De- uh, Dexter in the eye with his thumb, and then does his fisherman neckbreaker finish for the win. Um, John, what did you make of this opener? It wasn't that good, honestly, and I love Tony D'Angelo. He's like one of my my highlights. Um, the finish was rather weak. He kind of like threw in the easel, and it didn't really do anything. The one thing I will say is like for some reason when I saw the thumb in the eye, usually I would hate that finish, but for some reason that kind of fits his character. I feel like for some reason a thumb in the eye is something like a a mobster would do to like get out of a fight or whatever. So I kind of like that part of it, but the match itself wasn't too good. Like the problem with Dexter is he's a really limited like wrestler. And when you're wrestling somebody new, like a Tony D'Angelo, who's kind of limited still, we don't haven't seen too much of him. It doesn't make any really good chemistry between the two. Um, So yeah, unfortunately, I didn't like this match, but um, I could see Gargano. I'm sorry, uh, Tony D'Angelo having better matches in the future if he gets a, a better opponent to fit his uh, style, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I enjoy Dexter in sort of tags and things like that. I think he does he does a few things very well. Uh, but when it comes to a singles match, especially a singles match where he's kind of trying to carry it, um, it wasn't anything too exciting. I also thought the thumb at the end looked kind of weak. Um, like I wouldn't... Wasn't entirely sure if the crowd completely picked up on it. Um, no, but, I, I barely picked up on it, yeah. Yeah, like a low blow or something like that would have been more obvious. But I see what you're saying with it kind of fitting in with the character. Um, after the match, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes run down to attack De- Dexter. And they put his hand inside a steel chair. Uh, Johnny runs out for the save. Um, but they do stomp down on the hand of Dexter. And as they're leaving, Trick rips up the painting. So Dexter is is injured, his hands fucked, and Gargano gets on the mic and says, Carmelo, obviously you have made things personally personal. Originally, I wanted to beat you for the title to prove that I am better than you, but now it's personal. You screwed with my, uh, my family, my son-in-law. You screwed my family, and now I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. And then Pete Dunn's music hits. The Bruiserweight comes out. And says, don't you walk out here and try to worm yourself into a title match. I pinned Carmelo next week. And this is where Gargano reminds him, yes, with my help. And he says, I don't need your help. And that's when Trick, and now Trick and Melo are kind of up up, up on a balcony or something here. And Trick calls them happy and grumpy, calls them the dwarves, makes fun of them and says, you'll make me sick. And Pete just interrupts saying, who are you? Gargano says, I think that's the guy that carries Mello's bag for him. And Carmelo says, if it wasn't for me holding this championship, none of you would be relevant. Pete reminds him that he's the same age as him and has 10 years more experience and a win over him. So Carmelo really can't talk. And then Carmelo says, well, if you want to run it back and Johnny, you want your shot too for the A championship next week. Let's have a triple threat match. Uh, because when Mello, Mello shoots, Mello, and this is where he's reminded, you lost last week. <laughs> Interrupting his catchphrase. And Gargano says, yeah, most of the time, Mello doesn't miss. But I've been here for five years. And Johnny Gargano in this ring is absolutely can't mix miss. So next week, triple threat match. You can't miss that. Um, so yeah, pretty, uh, I think this is pretty exciting. Mello, Pete Dunn, and Gargano. Um, I think Carmelo sounds a lot better than Trick Williams. 
Um, I think he sounds pretty good on the mic trick. I'm still not completely sold on. Uh, Gargano obviously always sounds pretty good. And Pete has definitely, uh, definitely come a long way on the mic. But uh, this is a match I'm really looking forward to, but makes me think that maybe um, this title is not going to be on the line at, at War Games. No, I'm definitely looking forward to this happening next week. Yeah, I can see them um, not doing this match again, but I can see these guys being in a match in War Games, and we'll discuss that later. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you as far as like Carmelo goes. Like He's great, and he doesn't need Trick to talk for him at all. Um, the one thing I do like with Trick is like he reminds me, and like, you can go back and watch it, but he reminds me of Tyrese from Too Fast, Too Furious. He has the same like way he speaks and everything. Like I feel like he might have studied that movie before he he made this character. Um, and then whenever him and, and uh, Pete Dunne like, interact with each other, I feel like they kind of – Pete kind of bounces good off of Trick. I feel like it's pretty funny whenever he reacts to him. He even said a line like uh, to Carmelo. He's like, oh, we're the same age, but I have 10 years more experience than you. Like I thought that was a pretty good line. Mm. Um but yeah, Carmelo, I don't think he needs anybody to talk for him. But this match is going to be amazing. Don Gargano and Carmelo, I can't wait for this match. Uh, which way do you see it going? Do you see uh, Carmelo retaining here? Um, I can see Carmelo retaining, yeah. But I can see like Dunn and Gargano kind of not being on the same page. Or something happening between them two that causes like the loss. But Carmelo, I think he's going to retain by some underhanded tactics, possibly. I did. The one thing I found weird here is kind of the heel calling out for the triple threat. That's something you don't really get much. And I would would say both Johnny and Pete are definitely the baby faces in this. Uh, so I did find that a bit odd, him calling for the match. But maybe he has some sort of plan to weasel out of it. We go backstage to the Diamond Mine with Ma- Malcolm Bivens. Uh, Malcolm Bivens says, We'll show you why we're the most dominant team in NXT. And Brutus and Julius will follow the great leadership of the cruiserweight champion, Roderick Strong. And this is when Joe Gacy comes in and says to Roddy that as a leader, he should give him a shot. Uh, Malcolm Bivens says, if you want to join Diamond Mine, we're recruiting next month. It's $837 for a tryout. And he hands Joe Gacy a business card. So will we see Joe Gacy join the Diamond Mine? Yeah, this is weird. Like, I, for some reason, like, Joe Gacy seemed interested as fact that people can try out for the Diamond Mine, but maybe not for himself. My first thought was maybe he's going to get that guy, I forgot his name, uh, Harland. Harland, yeah. Maybe he's going to try to get Harland to to join the Diamond Mine or somehow get involved with them. Because um, I can see him kind of fit that style if he's he looks like that type of person. I think he was, like, one of the rumored names to be part of the Diamond Mine when they first, like, announced it. But it's like really kind of came out of left field. It's all Joe Gacy and Diamond Mine thing. But that's like the only thing we really saw of Gacy on the show. So should be interested in what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. A bit of an odd pairing. Uh, Joe Gacy with Diamond Mine. Not something I was expecting. But yeah, it could be it could be something for Haaland there. We go to a LA Knight vignette where he says, people look at me and they make an opinion. But I could get rid of my fancy shirt, my watch, and all of that, strip it all away because I came here for one goal. You can label me 1.0 or 2.0, but I'm only here to be NXT champion. Am I there yet? No. But I was on track until this Grayson Waller came along. And Waller can Instagram, swipe, TikTok, whatever. But you're looking at the one and only megastar here. And it ain't Grayson Waller. Um... I got a sense over the course of the night, a bit of a double turn in this feud here between Waller and Knight. Um, oh, for this sure. This seemed uh, like LA Knight's fantastic promo, I think. But he was 
um, very much to the point here. And, and I mean, he even said kind of strip it back, take off the shirt, take off the watch. Uh, he's here for one thing. And ultimately that's to be NXT champion. I, I quite like this promo. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I first started, I'm like, didn't we see this promo already? It seemed like kind of like similar to his old stuff, but then I could see like the baby face things that he was saying. The one thing that he said didn't make sense at all was he was like, since NXT 2.0 started, I've, you know, I started off on a good note. And if you remember the first thing that happened on NXT 2.0 was him losing to Braun Breaker in the first match. So I'm not sure what he meant by he started off on a good foot that night. Uh, but other than that, the promo was good. I definitely got the same feeling that you did about the whole double turn. And we obviously saw some more with Grayson later. I think maybe he meant more just being in the title match in the main event, but I guess yeah, yeah. He, he lost twice on that night. So not the greatest start. We go to diamond mine versus everyone's favorite tag team jacket time and Odyssey Jones. Um, what, what did we come up with a team name for the Odyssey jackets? Jacket, jacket time Jones. Time? Jacket, jacket time Jones. Jones. There we that go. Works. Um, I didn't notice this last week with Jacket Time's entrance, but it, it says, like, it's Jacket Time. Kushida, Ikamanjiro, <laughs> it's Jacket Time. I think uh, I didn't hear that last week. They just keeps it's themselves saying their own names, like, over and over again. I'm just like, oh, God, what's going on right now? <sighs> it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Jones wants to get in the ring right away, and him and Julius go at it. There's this uh, big, really, suplex from Julius to Jiro, uh, Kushida comes in lighting everyone up with his fast kicks, his excellent offense, uh, this awesome looking Pele kick, a handspring elbow until Roderick Strong comes out and neutralizes him with an elbow to the back of the head. There's then an Olympic slam from Roddy to Jones. And then we come back from commercial break. It's all broken down with everyone brawling in the ring. And Odyssey Jones hits Roddy with a running splash, kind of like uh, like Killian Dane used to do, the divide, to pick up the win. Um, yeah, I I can't say this match did much for me. Most of it was during commercial, and I I don't understand why why you're putting the cruiserweight championship on Roddy to then feud with with someone who's clearly not a cruiserweight. Like it, put it on someone else if you're not going to use it properly. I I don't know. I, I can't say I enjoyed this, and yeah, I like a lot because... of the people involved. Yeah, and like Roderick Strong's been on his run on 205 Live. Like, as a Cruiserweight champion, he's actually been like defending the title. And I defended, but at least wrestling on 205 Live, like pretty much on a weekly basis. And a couple of those matches were with Odyssey Jones. And the whole like joke from like Malcolm Bivens was all, you know, you can't get a title shot, whatever. But he's always been losing. So now for him to get an actual win, it's like, okay, so what happens now? Like, he can't get the title shot. So what what are they going to lead to? So I'm on the same page as you. Like, I'm not sure what they're going to do here. Um, I still can't get over the Creed Brothers like ring gear. I, like, ever since you guys mentioned it, I, I don't like it. It just looks really weird with the diamonds um but um yeah the match was okay it was fine i just i'm more intrigued on what's gonna happen with the whole joe gacy and diamond mine thing i think they might kind of like end this whole roderick odyssey little feud that they have and move on to whatever they're doing with gacy and harland yeah i i hope so because i I just don't see much direction here and i mean do we eventually go back to roddy kashida are we going to get a new challenger there it just seems um yeah, I can't say this feud is doing much for anyone involved. We go to grizzled young veterans who are backstage with the women's tag titles. And uh, Zach Gibson calls his nan and uh, FaceTiming his nan saying, you're looking at the new tag team champions and uh, we owe this victory to you. 
um, and says that, uh, and as they hang up, they're talking and says, you see, um, giving, uh, telling Nan that we've won the tag championships means that it ensures that we get the lion's share of the inheritance in the will. And as they walk off, you see this whiteboard with uh, like kind of a diagram of how to con Nan. I think it's called Nan Con. And there are also just two random people asleep on the couch (laughs) behind them. I didn't make out who this was. Did you? Did you catch this, John? I I did catch it. It's funny because recently on NXT UK, I feel like it's like a running joke now. Whenever somebody does a promo on NXT UK, it's like in the backstage, like cafeteria or break room, whatever they have. And there's always something weird or funny happening in the background. I've noticed like somebody eating, somebody like making funny faces. So I'm wondering if they're going to start doing this on regular NXT, where it's like these little random Easter eggs in the background to like make the boys pop or whatever. I don't know what it is. Mm. But when this started, like (laughs) I was like a little slow to register everything. So I'm like, oh, cool. They changed the tag team titles. And I'm like, wait, these aren't the tag team champions. It took yeah. me a second to register that these are the women's titles. Like, oh, I see what they're doing now. But um, yeah, he was trying to get an inheritance from his grandma. Like, it, it was, I don't know what was going on with this. But um, I thought, I, I was confused as you were about the people on the couch. I was more intrigued on who is that? Like, what's going to happen with those people on the couch and we never got back to it? So th- this is second week of these kind of GYV vignettes. Uh, where, what do you make of it so far? Um, They're okay. I, I don't know, like, what, like, trying to carry what character development i know you kind of tried to explain it last week it's like something like a stereotype for them right um yeah i mean this played into it even the calling the nan thing is like a bit of a like a a livable stereotype as well um so i'm intrigued to see how far they're gonna go with this i mean they seem like they're gonna do some dastardly things so i think this could be fun i i'm getting like los guerreros vibes with this but with a scouser like it's i think both have a good like a pretty good personality and good comic timing so i think this could work and if they can play it into their matches somehow uh being a bit more creative with ways to cheat i think it could be fun if it's going to be just same old stuff we've seen before cheating wise you need to be creative with this i think and then it would pay off um yeah we go to uh Another wacky vignette. It's MSK at the airport and they're fighting over who has to take through a certain bag through security. Hmm, I wonder what could be in there. Um, It gets flagged for supplies and uh, they're then talking about this shaman that they're going to meet and they're saying that they hope he's, he's better than advertised. And Wes Lee says that he managed to get $1,500 uh, worth of food vouchers 4,000 air miles and an upgrade to first-class seats. Um, Nash Carter's like, well, hang on, I'm not switching flights. So they both go on separate flights to visit the shaman. And as they arrive, Wesley says that he he was sat next to a master of tag teams on on his flight. Um, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> well, no, no, he, he, he was sitting next to somebody who knew the shaman and he told them about the shaman, about how the shaman is a master of tag teaming and a borderline revolutionary. So I'm like trying to figure out who okay. he's talking about. Master of tag teaming. Um, I, I don't know. Is it Marty Jannetty? Like who, I honestly don't know who this person is. Like it's, it's so random. Like, and where do they even fly to? Did they even say where they flew to? No, they just got on a plane and flew, right? Yeah. They didn't say where they're going. Uh, I mean, who are who are some of the like tag team like producers you have? Like, is Devon still there? Like, could it be Reverend Devon? 
Elon's there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like who else is backstage right now. They got um with the Shane Helms, the Hurricane Shane Helms is there. You got uh Teddy Long. Somebody said in the chat room. So I don't know. He always makes tag team matches. It's gotta it's gotta be like a, a joke, a joke, right? It's gotta be like a joke person at the end. It can't be somebody like serious. Um, I, I love the Mako Satamora idea. I mean, she's not a master of tag team, but she's the mother of the MSK kids because they tease yeah. what MSK stood for. So I'm hoping the payoff is this leads to the reveal of what MSK stands for, at least. I don't think we'll ever find out. I think they'll always tease it. But yeah, they, these aren't really doing a whole lot for me. I, I don't find them particularly funny. Um, but I guess the I problem- do at least have a little bit of intrigue. Who is the shaman? The problem with NXT is every character, with the exception of maybe like Pete Dunn, has like a gimmick or some sort of like comedic element to them right now. And it's like none of them are really like paying off. It's just like a little like skits that we have in between the matches and half of them don't really register with me. Um, so that's like the main issue is like, why, why force this? Like, why can't we just have guys that love to wrestle with the exception of Pete Dunn? Hopefully like they keep them like that, but everybody else is like, you know, on a mission to do this or playing some prank over here or dancing over here. Like, I don't, I don't know why. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I think isolated some of these, I wouldn't mind so much, but it's, we, we literally just went from the Grizzled Young Veterans segment to, to this thing. It's, it's a lot. And as you say, all of them are doing comedy stuff. There's so many of these vignettes where having one, one a week for different people is okay, but it's, it's a lot of the show is made up of this. Um, but I think we sound like a broken record um, at this point with NXT 2.0. We go to Andre Chase taking on Zion Quinn. Uh, Zion gets him in an arm lock early and... Andre Chase does the kind of classic escape of the arm lock where you kind of duck your head under it and then kind of kip up out and then does the helicopter around his back kind of mocking him. Uh, No, not that kind of helicopter. I can hear Braden laughing right now in my (laughs) ear. Um, But, you know, the spinning round kind of classic amateur wrestling style. Um, And it kind of looked like he was... Obviously, he's doing this uh, to kind of teach his students... But it looked like he was also deliberately, as the performer, doing it badly, like making it look a little, a little shitty. Mm-hmm. There's then an atomic drop from Zion Quinn, followed by a clothesline. Then Quinn runs headfirst into the ring post and uh, gets met by a swinging neckbreaker from Chase for a two count. Quinn then hits his spinning Samoan drop. Uh, Chase is trying to elbow out of it, but Zion hits it anyway and then picks up Quinn. Uh, sorry, picks up Chase. For the jackhammer, one, two, three. Um, again, a bit of a squash, nothing match. Um, it's cool. They clearly, they clearly like Zion Quinn and are putting a lot behind him. But um, I'd like to see him do a bit more than this. We've seen him for a few weeks now, just a pretty one-sided match. And I'm, I'm ready to see what else he's capable of at this point. Yeah, the match didn't really do nothing for me. The only things I got out of this match is um, Wade was calling him was calling Zion Quinn a mimbo, and she explains he explained to Beth Phoenix that's a male bimbo is called a mimbo. Um, I kept thinking Andre Chase just looks like Mister Rogers, like something about his outfit just it doesn't do anything yeah. for me. And he's he was actually getting a lot of booze today, which is weird because he has a little section in the crowd, but uh, he was trying to get them behind him. He was like stomping and like spelling out Chase U at one point, but the fans were really like booing uh, Andre Chase like more than usual. They weren't really behind him, um, but the match was pretty much only there to set up the um, the after match antics. So after the match, Joaquin Wild and Raúl Mendoza run out and beat down on Zion Quinn. And this is when Santos Escobar 
makes his great return and continues the beat down on Quinn as Legado are holding Quinn back and Electra Lopez comes out and grabs him by the beard and says, no one says no to Electra Lopez. And they finish off by slamming him on the ramp. Uh, so I guess we're, we're building to Escobar Quinn and maybe that's where we'll get to see a bit more of what Quinn is capable of. But uh, good to see Santos back because I know it's always a worry these days when someone disappears from NXT TV for a few weeks. Yeah, especially when it was just Mendoza and Joaquin out there. The whole time I'm like, oh my God, where's Santos? Why are they doing this again? Like, I don't even mention him. Like, I got so scared. And then, boom, here he comes as a surprise. Um, they're definitely going to lead to Santos and Quinn. But for some reason, like, the way that um, Electra Lopez was looking at him, like, it looked like she kind of had some sort of, like, regret in a way. So I feel like there might still be more to that. Like, I feel like she might not be, like, 100% against Zion Quinn. I could see her possibly still holding on and having feelings to him um possibly happening so i I see there's more to that actual electra zion thing but you know i was thinking like maybe in the long run if like zion quinn doesn't work out as like a single star i could possibly see him teaming up with um solo sokoa i feel like they two obviously they're both samoan but i feel like they both would pretty much have a good chemistry with each other there put them together in the tag team so i can see that possibly happening down the road because he kept getting you know beat up three to three to one right so i'm thinking in my head who could come out and help him the first person that popped in my head was solo sokoa yeah, those two versus the Creed brothers down the line could be yep. could be pretty entertaining. We go backstage to Raquel Gonzalez, who says she hasn't had a good night's sleep since just before Halloween Havoc. She used to take that women's title around with her everywhere, but one shovel shot to the back, and Dakota took that all away from me. And I will deal with Mandy, but that will be another time. Dakota, you were jealous of my success because you knew you couldn't beat me. Well, make sure you bring that shovel with you because I'm going to bury you with it. Just setting up the main event for tonight. But I, I think Raquel's starting to uh, sound a lot more confident in her promos. And in case you don't know that Vic Joseph is dating Mackenzie Mitchell, when Mackenzie's like, back to you, Vic, Vic goes, thanks, babe. I'm like, all right, you know, you know we don't, <laughs> Vic. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell us every week. We, we, we're well aware, and he's recently engaged to her, so congratulations, Vic. But he needs to, like, really, like, t- remind us every week that he's dating Mackenzie Mitchell. So good for you, Vic. Good for you, Vic. It's funny because you listen to Raw, and Carmella comes out, and Corey is just like, oh, my God, she's the, the most beautiful woman. She's so hot. And then Vic <laughs> Joseph is just like, thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool we go- NXT. You know what? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, everyone, everyone's fucking in NXT, so you know. <laughs> well, it's, I was going to say because I heard reports today that they might be switching over like from PG to TV14. So if they take it to TV14, whoa, we're really going to see some high and steamy stuff, aren't we? We'll get to see what was going on on that couch behind Grizzled Young Vets. That's all coming <laughs> that could, next week. That could be the start of it. We could find out who that was. We go to the event we've all been waiting for. It's the Poker Room Showdown between Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. And I got to say that this kind of did pop me at the beginning. You've got Alicia Taylor, um, who is announcing the rules. It's No Limit, Texas Hold'em. And they have the graphic come up explaining the rules. And it just reminded me, like, when it's War Games and you have Alicia Taylor, like, running down all the rules. It's yep. She's just saying the rules of poker here. We're having a full poker match in a wrestling ring on a wrestling show. Why not? Um, she wishes both competitors luck 
And Duke says, luck is for losers. This is my room and these are my cards and my chips and I'm going to make you my bitch. Grimes replies, you're nervous. You're, you're sweating like Shaq at the three throw line. And last week, everyone was chanting, you got played, you got played. And the NXT crowd all chant along. So we go to the game. Grimes goes first and he calls $500. Duke raises his 500 to 1000 and Grimes calls it. So we go to the flop and we see we get the five of hearts, the jack of hearts and the ten of hearts. Um, Duke Hudson has the five of clubs and five of diamonds. Uh, so he's got three of a kind right now. Um, and the way they're doing this, they've got all the little graphics on the screen, so you can actually see uh, what cards they have, what their percentage chance of winning is, that kind of thing. Uh, Grimes has a king of spades and a three of spades. So Grimes puts in 1,000, and Duke raises his 1,000 to 4,000. The queen of spades is drawn next, and we see that Duke Hudson has an 82% chance of winning with, I guess, um, he's got three of a kind right now, and Grimes is looking for, I think, a straight and a flush he could get, potentially. Um, but Grimes calls him again. So it's then the final card is laid down. It's the seven of hearts. Uh, you've got Grimes calling 2,000. Duke calls... Um, Sorry, just before the Seven of Hearts. This is weird. I'm calling a poker match here. <laughs> just before the Seven of Hearts is pulled. Uh, Duke calls it. So there's now 18,000 in the pot. The Seven of Hearts comes out. We see that Grimes has nothing. His flush, his straight didn't come through. Uh, Duke has the best hand with 100% chance of winning. But Grimes goes all in and says, Duke, you have everything in your power to be a star. But when it comes to it, you just don't have the balls for it. And that you can see Duke is starting to freak out. He's like, I, I, I can see that smile. You, you've got that same smile as last week. You, you, you've got the flush, right? You, you've got the flush. And Duke doesn't want to risk it. He's living to, to die another day. And he folds. Meaning Cameron Grimes wins the hand. And Grimes says, oh, I didn't even know you could fold. And Duke is obsessed. He's desperate to know what Grimes had in his hand. And Duke grabs the cards and sees he got played. He sees Grimes is bluffing. There's chance of you got played. You got played. And Duke is so mad that he picks up Grimes and power bombs him through a table. Through the whole poker table. What a meanie. Duke then goes to under the ring and grabs a toolbox. At first, he grabs a hammer, but thinks against it. He's not going to bludgeon this guy to death. Instead, he grabs a pair of scissors, gets into the ring, and cuts off the beard and the long locks of Cameron Grimes. Um, okay, the poker <laughs> segment. John... <laughs> What did you make of this? Do, do you watch well, poker to start with? Do you play poker? I, do you understand poker? 
occasionally I'm not like a big time person, but I'm never the person to actually watch a poker tournament. My brother was really big into that. But if NXT 2.0 ever becomes a, a, a poker show and you have to do up decks, I guess you'd have the, the right up voice decks. for it. <laughs> I was actually like impressed with this. It was a lot better than I expected. Like I think everybody involved made it good. Like even like on commentary, like Beth just whispering to wait and you know telling each other to be quiet. And Beth is like, "Is that good? Is that good?" Like asking about the the poker hands. Like that was really good. And then like uh, Alicia Taylor when she's like announcing the card, she's announcing them as if they're wrestlers. She's like <laughs> the queen of spades. And I'm like, <laughs> it was like over the top and the graphics and everything. But I think Duke and um and and Cameron was really good. You know, Cameron with the whole like, what do you have, raisins or cantaloupes? And 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 Duke looked like he was actually like nervous and sweating. It wasn't good, don't get me wrong, but it was entertaining. It was a lot better than I expected it to be, to have an actual poker game in the middle of the ring and to make it somewhat engaging. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I I don't really know why we're, why we're at a point where we're having poker games on a wrestling show, <laughs> but we are. And I think what they did with it was actually pretty good. I can't see how you'd have done this much better. I did like the little details, having the graphics, having the percentages, kind of like you see on on like the poker on TV. Yep. Um, I mean, Duke is a is a terrible poker player. Like from yeah. what we've seen, that this is meant to be his thing, and he can't read this guy at all. Um, but I it, it even it even threw up on the screen like he had a hundred percent chance of winning. Just to like throw that out there to people that aren't too familiar with poker, the graphics themselves made it easy for us to understand the scenario. You know, he had no idea what was going on exactly. Yeah, I I think Cameron Grimes is fantastic, and pretty much anything you throw at this guy, he makes it work. I think as as a performer, he's so engaging. He's he's genuinely naturally funny, so makes these segments work. The thing is, we've had these segments from him for a whole year now, and it felt like we were going to get a bit of a a graduation of this character and kind of move up a little bit and go for some more serious titles or stuff. But he's just stuck, unfortunately, in another thing like this. And I think both him and Duke are good. Uh, I thought the segment, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's not really what I want in wrestling, but it is what it is. And I thought they did a good job. And at least now it's got a bit more serious, I guess, uh, with the like the the scissors, the hair cutting. So, I mean, does this lead us to a, some sort of hair versus hair match? I think so because he he cut just enough to be more like he only trimmed the beard and, and like cut off some of the hair. So there still should be a lot left there. So maybe they're going to lead up up to an actual like hair versus hair match. I can see that happening. Or maybe he's got to put his hair a lot on the line in a poker game. Yeah, we're never going to get a wrestling match between these two. Just just <laughs> poker. We go backstage to Kyle O'Reilly with Von Wagner, and Kyle says, "Oh, well, if it isn't Adam Pierce's bodyguard, hey, I saw you on SmackDown, but I don't care what you do on Fridays. It's what we do on Tuesdays that count, because it's Tuesdays we go to work. So let's handle business." Uh, the coolest guys in the room. Oh God! The way the way he said it, he's like, "I saw you on SmackDown." Like he like he's in trouble or something. It was just yeah. like, "Oh my God!" Like I don't like just the, you reading it just made it a lot worse than it actually was. Like the fact that he was like, "No, no, it was pretty Friday. bad." It was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh God!" But like I I, mean, I think I made this joke too, like because we didn't talk about Von Wagner randomly appearing on SmackDown. So like my joke was when they had the dark match last week with Kyle and um, Johnny Gargano. Von Wagner must have been there just like in the background and Vince must have been like, 
oh, I don't care about you, Kyle. Who's that guy behind you? And then there you go. He's booked on SmackDown the next week as Pierce's bodyguard. But uh, maybe this gets Von Wagner a spot in the uh, in the actual Survivor Series team. There's an empty spot on one of the teams, right? Is it on SmackDown for Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn's out, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, so I can see him just popping in there, and maybe this maybe this is good for Kyle. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's terrible for Kyle. Who knows at this point? I mean, if if Wagner is moving up, does that maybe uh, tip you off that maybe this is because Kyle's going? So or or then, Kyle becomes not... Von Wagner's manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It is it is very odd. I mean, we see this all the time with with NXT that people are just plucked up at any point. But this guy's only just started there, and they've only just started this team. It, it does make you wonder if perhaps Kyle's on his way. And therefore, let's just move this guy. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, these these two do not have chemistry, unfortunately. Uh, they're, they're pretty cringy, these segments. And that leads us to our next tag match. It's Briggs and Jensen taking on Kyle and Vaughn. Um, four guys who just like hanging out in forests and cutting trees and drinking beer. Uh, Briggs, Jensen, Kyle, Vaughn. Uh, Briggs and Wagner are in the room and do some big man just shoving each other around, punching each other. Wagner comes in with this big shoulder tackle. Now Kyle and Jensen are going at it. And Jensen comes in with some clotheslines in the corner, followed by a bear hug. And then Jensen is charging at the ropes. Wagner low bridges, sending Jensen to the outside. Kyle follows up with his running knee off the apron to Jensen, and then Wagner slams Briggs to pick up the win. Sino. Yeah, I couldn't get into this match. When Kyle's in the ring with any one of these three men, I just totally check out. And this is weird, because I used to follow Josh Briggs on Evolve. He was the Evolve champion. I thought, I wasn't like a huge fan of him, but I actually like enjoyed watching him. Now when he shows up on my screen, I'm just like, when is this over? I don't even know these guys' names. The Briggs Jensen and Jensen Briggs. Like, I don't... I, I, I can't, like... I don't like these guys. I really don't. Um, Just... I hate to say this, but Kyle should be all elite. I'm gonna do the Braden Harrington for once on this episode. Bra- Braden, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't think you were here. Well, where are you? <laughs> he needs to join his friends. Uh, yeah. On, like to be to be real though, like with everything that's going on with the elite and uh, Adam Cole over there, um, I can see him perfectly fitting in the storyline and feuding with them. Um, he doesn't deserve to be in this spot at all. Like, what are you gonna do with him? If even if Von Wagner gets called up, what are you gonna do with Kyle? In in you know in uh, in NXT like make him world champion at this point. I feel like you already like messed him up to the point where you can't even put him on a, on a world title scene. He's, he's called off massively. Like I, I wouldn't, I mean, it, it's Kyle O'Reilly. So you're putting him in there against Champa. I think you're gonna, you're gonna buy it at the end of the day and you're going to want to see that match. But as a character, he's majorly, uh, called off. And, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right. I, I think he's got to go because uh, I just can't see see him at all in this in this company at the moment as it is. Uh, he's he seems below Von Wagner. That's what's that's what's a shame here. It's not like he's mentoring this guy. It's it's Wagner's helping him out. <laughs> he's his big yeah. mate who's getting him out of trouble all the time. It's it's really not working. And this match this match did nothing. Again, there was barely anything to it. Uh, Briggs and Jensen just do not have it for me, uh, at least not at the moment and not with this gimmick. Um, yeah, th- this was a low point for me on the show for sure. 
Um, we see Imperium backstage, and this is all subtitled. Uh, they say, looks like they are getting better, referring to Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Better, but not on our level. No one is better. They have a better chance getting a security job around here than being tag team champions. Mwahahaha. Uh, but yeah, it looks like that's, that's going to be our next big tag title match is these two taking on Imperium. Um, Possibly at war, war Games. I can see that match happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like, um, I like that they're subtitling these guys, but also... Like, how, how are you having live subtitles here? For, like, a backstage interview that could have been recorded earlier in the day, but this is a live reaction to the match that's just happened. And some psychic is just translating it all at the same time on the He's subtitles. reading the script. You know, they, they, they gave it away that they're all reading from a script, so that's how Fair they enough. did it. I, I'm really nitpicking there, but it is funny. It's like <laughs> WWE refused to use subtitles for so long, and even when they do, it's like, ah, well, yeah, it's not quite how it works, but okay. <laughs> Uh, we see Indy and Persia. Indy is um, devastated about her man, Sexy Dexy, his hand pot- potentially being broken by Carmelo and Trick. And she wants to check on her husband, but she's about to have a match with Persia uh, in the tag division. But Persia says, you go to your man. I got this. And and we see Persia just kind of looking serious as Indy, Indy goes to check on Dexter. Uh, any any comments on this, or shall I move on? Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say is, for some reason, I never trusted Persia. I feel like since day one, she's always been, like, up to no good. I'm not sure if it's just the way she looks or the way she acts, but I feel like she's going to, at the end of the day, do something and screw over uh, Indy. She's being way too nice. Friends, there's no friends that are that nice. You know, I feel like she's going to do something evil. Yeah, yeah. She She looked kind of suspicious at the end with that look. We go to everyone's favorite talk show, Lashing Out with Lash Legend. And she says, uh, Lash Legend says, Kaylee Ray, you had the audacity to interrupt the toxic attraction celebration. And I saw that look in your eye that says something's about to get messed up. You got to know it's three of them and one of, and Grayson Waller comes in, interrupting her. And he says, hey, I want to spill the tea. This is where I come to spill the tea, right? Well, I heard what LA Knight said about me. About I need to pay my dues while driving 500 miles to do a some indie job for a hot dog and a handshake like all these veterans. That ain't going to do it for me. I just entered a reality TV show and sent in a video and now I'm here. The era of that is dead. It's all about swipes and likes now. And night, you keep on asking whose game it is. Well, the game's changed and it's mine now. Um... I think this is the right direction because this character has been so annoying that I feel they need to embrace this heel role. And I love if you're if we're building towards this 1.0 versus 2.0, which it kind of feels like the direction it's going. I like that he's playing this this character kind of shitting on all these these the the remnants of the the indie people who are still left at NXT, the indie vets. Everyone else is gone, and he's just yeah, you losers going around for a handshake and a hot dog. Um, and they picked the pr- you- they picked 
yeah, they, they picked the perfect like place for him to do this too, because you have like those produced boos from the audience that lashing out where you see them booing. So in your head, you're already registering, okay, we're supposed to be this guy. He's supposed to be a bad guy. And then like, it's funny because he was saying those the same lines a couple of weeks ago when he was a baby face. And they like, it was kind of more like go away, go away, or, you know, he like, oh, why are you saying that? But now it makes sense if he's going to be a heel saying these things. And obviously it's going to play off with what we think is the idea for the, the main event for war games. So it made perfect sense to for him to come out here and do this. And um, they even planted the seeds with the whole Kaylee Ray thing. Like she was mentioning, like her going three on one against toxic attraction. I think that's going to lead into some more as well. So I actually didn't mind this segment at all. It actually, it, it made like that double turn, I guess, solidified. This was, yeah, definitely the best use of lashing out, um, which I really have not been a fan of. It's, it's again, it, it's felt just like, a segment because they go i want to have a chat show but there's been no real direction with it whereas now i think i I like the idea of grayson waller just kind of storming onto this chat show set to say his piece uh i thought it's the best this has worked and definitely this is a way better fit for grayson waller and he does he sounds good i think he sounds very confident um on the mic and this this character is just going to suit him way better you know what's funny because we're talking about him we're talking about Persia, just being Australian is you have to be a heel, right? Every Australian that I know is a heel, right? You got Persia, <laughs> you have uh, you have Grayson Waller, you got Dickie Bird. They're all heels. True. <laughs> Poor Dickie. He's he's technically a Kiwi. He's I know, technically I know. a Kiwi. He will I'm saying that I, I said that purposely <laughs> to get him upset. <laughs> <laughs> Someone called me Irish today at work. Oh, oh there's oh. so many Irish coming over these days. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you- young Irish lads like yourself coming over here. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely not Irish. You know, you know but- what? I just found out today. I found out that Eddie Kingston was half Irish, half Puerto Rican. I had no idea. I thought he was like something else. I don't know what, what Eddie Kingston was, to be honest. I didn't expect to be Irish and Puerto Rican. Oh, in, I, no, I, I had no idea. No, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so we go to our handicap match. It's Persia Parada, obviously her partner, Indy is checking on on her man. And she's taking on the team of, I believe, Gabby Stevens and Jenna Levy. Am yes. I correct, John? Tell yes, me about this is these the part, two. This is the part of the episode where Braden Harrington texts me and says, who? Who are these girls? Mm. And it's funny because I actually recognize both of these girls right away. Um, I'm not sure who was who. I'm guessing Jenna Levy was Valentina Rossi, who's appeared on AEW Dark multiple times. And actually, like... She has a very like Sopranos, like mafioso type of character. And I tweeted out to her a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, listen, you need to be on NXT with Tony D'Angelo. You'd be perfect with him because they have like the same type of gimmick. And boom, here she is like on uh, NXT now. She actually appeared as like Grayson Waller's date a couple of weeks ago. Remember when he was on Tinder and he went on a date? That was oh, yeah. who he was with. And the other girl was actually um, Casey Lennox, who's also been doing indies. And uh, she was on AEW Dark. And you know who actually who she was? Do you remember back at TakeOver 31 when there was like commentary and people swore that that was Sasha Banks? That's who yes. that was. That was oh, her. That okay. was Casey Lennox. So she actually was the other person here. So yeah, good to see two familiar faces, I guess, to me. And listeners of Shot in the Dark, I guess, would might recognize them. But yeah, this is a just a squash match for Persia. But yeah, it was just another squash match on this show. Uh, we do see Robert Stone is out there scouting, um, having... I, I, I he's lost his whole team now, hasn't he? Aaliyah's yeah, <laughs> on SmackDown. Frankie's unemployed. Gone. Um, Jesse's yeah. gone. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse's uh, gone. Yeah, Mercedes left a while ago. 
Um, yeah, don't don't join him. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't, don't join. Well, Aaliyah's on SmackDown, so she's doing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, we get these big boots from Persia, a Samoan drop to both Jenna and Gabby at the same time, and then a huge kind of uh, sit-out face buster, like an X Factor from Persia to pick up the win. Uh, as Robert Stone is clapping with approval on the outside. Uh, but yeah, again, a, a pretty nothing match here, just a squash making Persia look very dominant. Uh, what have your thoughts been on Persia so far? Um, She's been okay. This is the first time we've seen her, like, in, I guess, a, it's not, I guess, singles action. I guess you could consider it that. Um, She's okay. Like, she was one of the names that, like, before she signed, like, there was a lot of hype about her, like, from her time in, I guess, Australia wrestling scene. She was, like, a really big name. So I'm just waiting for her to, like, have that breakout moment. But it's not really coming here. I think she needs to be healed. I think she needs to, like, turn on Indy and go and embrace the healness. And I think she might do a little bit better there. I feel like she's just being like that forced friend. Like they introduced her at the, at the wedding shower. Like that was her role. Like, she's, oh, I'm, I'm a friend visiting here. And next thing you know, she's mm. wrestling. Like it was really weird. Uh, I feel like she just needs to go full heel and, and really embrace that character. And I feel like then we'll, we'll appreciate her a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely uh, definite potential with her. Obviously her, her size is, uh, is a big part. And it, when, when Raquel eventually kind of moves up to Raw or SmackDown, like you need that kind of big woman role. And I think she'd be great. Uh, we still haven't seen enough of her in ring um, other than kind of these big dominant uh, sort of squashes. So uh, I'm curious to see more. And I definitely think a, a heel turn down the line, as you said, will help. Dakota Kai is being interviewed. And she says, ever since our match at TakeOver, I've been lost. I don't know who I am. My mind has been cloudy and the only way of moving on is by purging my past. It all started at Halloween Havoc. And Mandy walks in and says, and it all ends tonight. Dakota, and then this is where Dakota reminds her, you don't owe me once, you owe me twice. And then the grizzled young vets come in with the women's tag team titles and gives them back to Toxic Attraction, blaming it on some tech guy who took them. And... That's when Zach Gibson uh, says to James Drake, look, when you need to lie, you need to hide the lie right next to the truth to make it a bit more believable. So Gibson just teaching Drake how to be a bit of a scumbag a bit more. Um, Dakota, again, showing a bit of signs of this new character, kind of the, the twitchy Dakota. Um, what are your thoughts of this? Uh, we've seen this the last couple of weeks now. I, I'm not really feeling it, to be honest with you. I don't it seems like too reminiscent of like when Nikki Cross was doing it, like back in NXT and just, I don't know. It doesn't really fit her. I feel like like something about it, but I feel like they don't know what to do with Dakota Kai. Like every week she's like having a dark match on SmackDown. So it's like, are they going to bring up or they're not going to bring up? Like nobody really knows. Um, I feel like after war games, either her or Raquel, or maybe both of them are going to be called up at that point. Um, but I feel like they're just trying to just tweak with her character, try to find something, but it's like, if you take this character, right. And you put it up on SmackDown, it's not going to make any sense. Like it, it only fits now in this storyline with with um, Raquel. I feel like it, it wouldn't be like a good standalone gimmick. Like I would just no. the way she was when she first turned heel, it was perfect. She was this badass girl that was kicking ass. Leave her like that. Like why why do this like character change where she's twitching and talking all nonsense? I don't know. I agree. And she was tapping in some great promos leading up to her takeover match with Raquel and. You don't need this. I, it kind of does feel like she's treading water a bit, like she was perhaps going to be called up and then they're putting a pause on it and we've got war games coming up. So 
let's just put her back with Raquel because that's an easy feud we can kind of like heat back up. Uh, but I love Dakota. I think she's great, and I think her delivery is good on her promos. But she, I, yeah, this this twitchy, unstable thing really isn't working. We see a lot of these characters, and we've seen a lot of them recently with like Alexa Bliss going through all this, and we said uh, uh, Nikki Cross in NXT. Um, it's not really a, what I want from from Dakota. Tommaso Ciampa is backstage doing one of his kind of self-filmed uh, promos on a steel chair. And he said, when the NXT 2.0 started, it crowned the new and greatest NXT champion. And I've defended it multiple times. I defended it at Halloween Havoc. I defended it in the UK. But I'm sensing from the new guys, there's a lack of integrity and a lack of respect. And screw this. I'm going to say it in the ring as he slams his chair. And as he's talking about integrity and respect, we cut to Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter at a rave. <laughs> I, 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 every week, like, I don't know if I love these girls or if I hate them. Cause like, they're supposed to be like heels, right? I, I don't even know at this point. Like, I don't know. Party in the crowd. Were these the two girls that were on the couch? Like, passed out earlier? <laughs> like, it could have been them, right? This is uh, after the EDC festival. Them just like, finally passing out you know what good for casey she's single she's got to go out there and just party this world now you know like <laughs> she doesn't want, she, i don't think she wants to be in nxt right now because her uh yeah i won't get into it but go to social media um but like these characters are just like so annoying like i don't know it's just but i, I i'm kind of enjoying it because it's like what's what are they gonna do now just bouncing around just dancing all the time just it's so stupid but it's like all right fine whatever it got it got a chuckle so- out of me so yeah, they were at this uh, EDC festival uh, and we're just seeing clips of them at this festival and they're explaining um, why they love these raves and these festivals. It's all about having fun and being with thousands of people off your face on MDMA, just dancing and living your life. They didn't quite say all that. Um, but they say, we are the life of the party and we're bringing the party to everyone. Uh, I did actually notice they were posting a lot from this festival on social media this week. So it's definitely their new gimmick. They're now the Ravers. Um, I think it would have made sense to have shown this maybe before they did their entrance last week. So then they yeah. kind of come back and they're like, you know, they've they've got their new look from the rave they're at. But sure, I I find this incredibly annoying, but... You know what? Um, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the reverse Braden. I'm gonna say instead of people going to AEW, I'm gonna say AEW people that go to NXT. So Jack Evans and Angelico, they're not using them right. They're not even in the Hardy <laughs> Family office anymore. Hybrid two, wait, the Hybrid 2.0, whatever they're called, they should be 2.0. The Hybrid Two, there we go. TH2, TH2.0. Put them on NXT. Have them dancing with Casey and Caden at all the with festivals. Casey and Caden. There we go. All four of them could be dancing around. That'd be perfect. Teach them to dance, Angelico. Teach them the, the little shimmy he does. Perfect. Champa comes to the ring and he says, I want to vent. It's guys like Mello each and every week actually trying to convince himself that he's holding on to the A title. And there's a chant of Goldie from the crowd. Mello ain't going to take a shot in my direction because he knows not only is he going to miss, but he's going to airball. And then there's Grayson Waller moaning about the indies and a handshake and a hot dog. But when I tell you, well, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do with my hot dog, Grayson. And that's when Bron Breaker comes out and he says, 
Champa, you can't stand it that there's a new crop of talent coming here. That means nothing to me. The one thing you should be worried about is me because I'm going to run through you and take that NXT championship. Champa says, wow, that was powerful. I'm sure somewhere there's a guy in a truck who can pull up footage and show the end of Halloween Havoc. It seems like you need a little reminder. And we see exactly that. The highlights from Halloween Havoc with Champa beating Bron Breaker in the NXT Championship match. Champa goes, that was one, two, three. Well, you've got a less than 33.3 chance of ever taking the NXT title from me. At the end of the day, you're just a puppy. And I'm the NXT champion. Um, I, I think Braun is is great, actually. His his delivery, his intensity, uh, he's awesome. And Champa, as always, is great. I love the the little Steiner math we had here as well. Yeah, I would love to see like the Steiners make an appearance. I heard that like Rick Steiner was supposed to show up at um at the last uh, Halloween Havoc, but. Whatever happened didn't happen. Um, but yeah, this is great. I, Prom Breaker just looks every time I see him, he looks bigger and bigger. This guy, like I don't know what's going on, but he looks huge tonight. Um, but this, I, I like this whole ex- exchange they had with Chomp. And the whole like segment, him calling out all these new guys and you know sticking hot dogs up his ass or whatever for Grayson. Um, it was yeah. Good. Who like, else? This whole he, segment was he really mentioned good. Uh, Carmelo. He mentioned Trick. Yep. He mentioned Grayson Waller, and he mentioned Tony D'Angelo. I think right. Yep. yep. All the young guys. It, we got to be going 1.0 versus 2.0, right? For war games, I think so. And and 2.0 is going to win. That's like that's going to be like the the nail in the coffin. <sighs> like these old guys are out of here. There's 2.0 taking over. Damn. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. We see Tamara Mensa Stock ringside, who uh, won gold at the Tokyo Olympics for wrestling, and she looked quite emotional here as everyone was chanting for her. So making her NXT 2.0 debut. And that leads us to our main event of the evening. It's Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai. The match starts with them brawling on the outside. Raquel is slamming her into the the plexiglass onto the floor. And then there's a nasty kick to the face from Kai to Raquel. Um, Gonzalez starts beating down on Kai in the corner. Dakota seems to be smiling as she's absorbing these kicks. And then Gonzalez just bends Dakota over her shoulder in kind of modified torture rack and runs her face first into the turnbuckle. Uh, Dakota makes a bit of a comeback with a super kick on the floor and then a face wash in the ropes and goes for a pin, but only a two count. And you can see Kai is starting to get frustrated. There's a double choke bomb from Raquel. And I got to say the crowd, um, these last two weeks for the main event have been really, really hot and they were really getting into this match you got dueling chance for both Raquel and Kai Dakota then as she's trying to struggle out from Raquel's grip she pulls the bottom turnbuckle off uh, Gonzalez then hits her kind of twisting Vader bomb for a two count she goes for the Chingona bomb but uh, Dakota rolls through with a sunset flip for a two count she goes for her scorpion kick but this gets caught by Gonzalez and she's put in a stretch muffler, which now Raquel is just spinning Kai all around the place and the crowd are going nuts. Kai then sends Gonzalez face first into the exposed turnbuckle, goes to the outside and grabs the shovel. However, Raquel wrestles it off of her, is about to use it on Kai when toxic attraction run out and start the beatdown down 
on Raquel Gonzalez. We get a super kick from Dakota. And then Cora Jade runs out for the save, but gets beaten down by Toxic Attraction. Zoe Stark's music then hits, and out comes Zoe, limping with her crutches, the strapped-up knee, and you see Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction kind of standing tall like, huh, what are you going to do when Eo's music hits? Eo Shirai, the genius of the sky, comes out, grabs one of Zoe Stark's crutch, runs the ring, and starts brawling, just smacking everyone with the crutch. There's a DDT to JC Jane from Cora on the skateboard, and the crowd chant, War Games. EO then grabs the mic and confirms, War Games! <laughs> and that's how the show ends. Yeah, the main event, it wasn't, you know, it was just a, a way to set up this war games match that we're obviously going to get. Um, it was a little bit sloppy. A lot of the action at the end, it made me like think, okay, these are the women that are going to be in war games. Like, Oh, like, you know, there's a couple spots that were kind of blown here or there. Um, there was an empty spot. Cause you had what? Yeah. It's toxic attraction and the, and the Kodakai against Cora Jade, Raquel and Io Shirai. So you had that one spot that was supposed to be for Zoe Stark, which by the promo earlier from Lash legend, it's gotta be Kaylee Ray because she was talking about, you know, three on one scenario, who are you going to get to help you? So I'm guessing she has to be the fourth spot for the women's war games match. That makes sense. Cause they've already taught, uh, like they've already teased Mandy and Kaylee Ray. So that makes and complete you, sense. And you need somebody and, like Kaylee Ray in this match for sure. Like all, all the stuff that's going on, all these people that are in the match, somebody like Kaylee can definitely like help out and make some of like toxic attraction look a little bit better. Yeah. I, I mean, you can have Kaylee. This is how she gets her title shot. She pins, pins, um, Mandy, Mandy. in this. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. The the brawl was pretty uh, pretty sloppy, and I I do worry with um, yeah, GG JC Cora in this. Um, it's it's a big match to do War Games, and I I don't think you can just shove any anyone in there. But hopefully they can prove wrong. But it it does look um, not the strongest set of people you could have for this kind of match. For sure. So if this is the match we're going to get with the woman four and four. So for the men, I know they announced for next week, you're going to get Champa versus Grayson Waller. So for that match, war games, it's got to be what's going to be Champa, Gargano, Pete Dunne Ciampa, and Go- LA Knight. Ga- I think so. Against what? Grayson Waller. Um, Grayson Tony Waller. D'Angelo, maybe Carmelo Hayes, um, Bron Breaker and D'Angelo. You, you could do D'Angelo. You could do Trick Williams. Trick. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have D'Angelo up there, I think make makes sense, right? D'Angelo and, and Trick can kind of be on the outside. He can get involved somehow, but not officially be in the match. But yeah, you can have him outside and then like Dexter Loomis makes his comeback and kind of like scares him away or something. Yeah, you could have him get involved on the outside. That makes sense. Yeah, you can do that. Um you you can also do five on five, why not? They've done three on three before, haven't they? They've done four on four. Yeah. Um, I think they've only they've only been doing the four on four because of kind of undisputed era have done it every year. But if you wanted to make it a five on five war games, why not? Um, but that that match definitely interests me more than the women's. I, I think I, the idea of kind of new guard, old guard, I, I actually quite like. And I think having such a drastic change these few weeks with 2.0, it's going to make 1.0 the biggest baby faces going, right? <laughs> But it's like, like I said earlier, though, like 2.0 has to win, right? Like, I feel like that's going to be the ultimate payoff. I like, think so. have, yeah, they have to. That's going to be like the final image that we see is, you know, the future is here. 
2.0 is taking over and all that crap. Before the interference, what did you make of the match itself between Raquel and Dakota? It was okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as their last match, I think. Um, I, I wanted a little bit more. I feel like I already felt like something was going to happen when the whole like shovel talk was mentioned. I'm like, yeah, it's going to end in some sort of disqualification or, or non-finish or whatever. Um, I feel like they're going to probably have obviously a better matchup at war games. Just give them like a good spot between them two to kind of maybe be their blow off. I don't think you have to have a final match between these two before somebody gets called up, but the war games could be like the blow off for those two. Yeah. So overall, what were your thoughts on, on this week's NXT, John? It was okay. Um, borderline bad. I guess you could say a lot of things were, were pretty bad on here as far as the match quality goes. The non-match stuff was probably the strongest for me. I, I liked the poker showdown. Um, I liked some of the backstage segments. Um, but there wasn't like that one standout match. Like we didn't have that at all. Like the closest thing would probably be the main event. That wasn't even like a, a finish to a match. So yeah, match wise. And that's like always been my strong point is matches. So if you can't have good matches, it's overall not going to be a good show for me. So unfortunately I'm going to say thumbs down for this show, but NXT is not dead. And all these people should not go to AEW. go to new Japan pro wrestling, go to MLW. There's all these places impact. I said it before. Keith Lee, before signing to AEW, go go do a run of Impact. Kyle O'Reilly, if you're going to leave, go to go to New Japan Strong. There's all these like matchups that you can have. And the good thing about Tony Khan is he lets a lot of these people still wrestle elsewhere um, when they do sign, like a Bobby Fish or whatever. But like mm. you know, I feel like AEW there's a, a lot going on right now over there. Like don't like your people might get lost at this point. Like Keith Lee might get lost in a in an AEW, unfortunately. So. Try other places, you know, go explore MLW and New Japan and Impact and all that. And, you know, when the time is right, sign that three-year deal with AEW. And that's how I feel. Yeah. And then and then talk about them all every Wednesday on Shot in the Dark. Exactly. I'm, 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 being, I'm being selfish. I want to I you discuss your matches. People. Yeah, I, I want these guys on my shows. There we go. Yeah, I, I feel I, I'm kind of on the same page as you. The, this week really lacked the wrestling for me. I thought Raquel and Dakota was good. It wasn't great it, it definitely wasn't on the level of the the main event last week with um was it pete pete and carmelo which which i loved mm-hmm. um but i got into it and the crowd definitely helped um but it was a non-finish the rest of the show it was just squash after squash after squash um the i i agree i quite enjoyed the poker room i don't really know why it's there but i, I did enjoy it i think it was probably the strongest thing on the show um yeah, I, NXT 2.0 is a funny one for me. I definitely, I definitely don't hate it as much as other people do because I I can see what they're trying. They're they're throwing a lot at the wall, and a lot of it isn't sticking. But for me, at the end of the day, you do still you do still need the wrestling, and this week didn't deliver that. But there are certain matches down the line that I am I am intrigued in, and I think some of these characters like six months down the line could actually be pretty good and pretty entertaining. We're just at that really awkward stage at the moment. NXT 2.0 is an, an awkward teenager. It's just going through puberty. It's spotty. It's, it's not, it's not turned into a swan quite yet. If, if that analogy makes any sense. No, it does. Absolutely. Well, that's what we thought. Let's see what you guys thought. We put up our feedback thread on uh, forum.postwrestling.com, as well as the Facebook group. Please join all our socials, the Up Next group on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at Up Next Podcast. But I'm going to start with the forum, and I'm going to go to MJ from NJ, who says, I don't know who the poker game is for. I don't know anyone would say the poker game was good TV. 
But if you consider what the performers had to set out to do, it was nearly great. Prediction, Hunter returns at War Games to lead black and gold, and they kick off a real War for Control story to pop the show and course correct on what they've done with 2.0. They'll have us believe it was the plan all along, may coincide with the PG-14 rating. Davey, the way you told the final scene with all the women was epic until Sino said it wasn't good. I thought it was a <laughs> tremendous closing segment until uh, until you said that. I wish I watched That's it. Funny. Um, you know, what's I, funny on his, on his note about Hunter returning at War Games, there was something that Grayson Waller was saying in the, I think, the last Legend segment. He kept mentioning the game. He was like, oh, how the game has changed, and I am the game now. I don't know if you, you noticed that. He kept saying the game, and I'm like, Maybe MJ's mm. onto something. Maybe Hunter comes out and gives a pedigree to to um, Grayson Waller there and says, you know, fuck 2.0. Well, he, I mean, he was doing it more as, because that's LA Knight's catchphrase, right? Right. But still, like, game you never is know. It? It's LA Knight's game. Yeah, I, I mean, but, I would love that. And I definitely think, uh, as MJ said, they can do it and say it was the plan all along. <laughs> but that that's definitely the story for me that would most interest me at the moment. And I think... Going into war games, that certainly is the story I find most interesting. Um, but I, I, I can't see that being the case. I see it more just it won off in a few weeks at war games, and we finally put the nail in that coffin of 1.0. Uh, do you have the Facebook group open there, John? I do. We're going to go to Sean McTeer, who says, I'm going to beat Braden to it. This episode sucks. So unfortunately, we didn't get Braden's uh, opinion this week on it. I mean, there was a poker game in a ring that lasted longer than most of the matches. The talent who you'd expect to put on a good performances did so in the time they had, and some interesting stuff was possibly set up. But I'm becoming less confident if whether they can pull off any of it. Mello versus Dunn versus Johnny should be great, but will it get the time that it deserves? Somehow I doubt it. Waller and Ciampa's promo seem to set up NXT versus NXT 2.0 at War Games, which I like in theory, but how many of these new talents do we really want to see in a War Games match? The main event was okay. This was Raquel and Dakota's second match, and honestly, I don't see it. I don't need to see it again the post-match scrum was a mess with ladies caught on audio calling out spots all over the place as for the women's war games match they just set up eels great and all but can she really carry all these other ladies through a war games match i don't know this is the lowest i have been on nxt 2.0 so far hopefully nxt hopefully next week will be better we go to scrump who says (laughs) it's nothing about nxt but i'm gonna read it anyway new spider-man trailer boys If you haven't already, give some of your thoughts on it. And if you have, then I agree with what David says, as Brayden doesn't watch the Marvel movies but loves Spider-Man 3, a film about Mary Jane's failed Broadway career. Um, I'm going to move on to the next one, where Glenn Zadra says, take a shot every time Brayden says that NXT is dead. Wow, a lot of love for Brayden this week. Yeah. Um, Of course, it's a a, a, a sober episode. No no, no shots. (laughs) I'm going to go to Corey, who says, This episode largely sucked. The brawl at the end of the show was incredibly sloppy, and WWE sticking Mandy, JC, and Gigi in a War Games match is an incredibly bad idea. Holy hell. Mm. We go to Fire Frank Sulo. Congrats to Sino making his Up Next debut. I feel like I've been on Up Next before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. Meandering. So why did I find that silly poker game so endearing? And why is it that Craig Robinson pizza commercial so weird? Tony D for life. Shout out EO Regal. See you on Thursday. Oh, yeah. That Craig Robinson pizza hut commercial. (laughs) Every time it comes on, it's got a real NXT 2.0 vibe about it. Like the music and everything. So it's a commercial break and I always go off to do something and then I hear 
Craig Robinson talking about pizza, and I'm like, oh, NXT 2.0 is going on. It's a new gimmick. It's the pizza man or something. And I was like, oh, it's just commercial. So I know what Frank's getting at there. We go to Dylan, who says, maybe it's just me, but this was the best episode of NXT 2.0 so far. Still no NXT 1.0, but almost everything worked for me. I only had two issues with tonight, the poker segment and a DQ in the main event. That being said, most of the show was good, and a lot of our complaints were being addressed. D'Angelo got a big win, but Dexter didn't look too weak. Triple Threat next week looks lit, likely to spin off into the men's war games match. Mello got pieced up on the mic, though. It appears the shaman for MSK is Jeff Hardy. Ooh. And that's great. Okay. Kushida got some serious shine in the six-man tag. Roddy getting pinned isn't ideal, but he's the cruiserweight champ and got pinned by a 400-pound man, so I'll let it slide. Plus, the match was fun. Gacy versus Strong sounds good to me as well. Legado finally looked strong. Santos versus Zion is another interesting matchup to look forward to. Kyle O'Reilly was referred to as Wagner's mentor on commentary. Hopefully they position this pairing that way more going forward. And Imperium even watched the TV at a normal human angle. How is Grayson Waller not the heel? Simple. He is the heel, and his attitude feeding into Champa's disgust at the new crop of talent is clever. DQ finished the main event was disappointing, but they set up war games nicely. I thought the fans were chanting boring for a minute, which confused me until EO said it with the same cadence as the chant, uh, meaning war games. Who do you think the fourth woman on the babyface side is? My money is on Kaylee Ray. Yeah, I think we agree with you there. Uh, Dylan, I think both feel Kaylee Ray. I like that that Jeff Hardy like thing. It makes sense with the whole tag team like specialist or whatever. But isn't the shaman? Wasn't that like John Morris's nickname? Right, shaman of or is that shaman is of it, sexy? Who is that? Is that yeah, th- I think he was a shaman, or was that Matt Seidel? Is he a shaman or something? It's too many shamans in wrestling. Too many. Right, we'll go. Is maybe that's why Jeff Hardy was talking to Aaliyah on SmackDown? He was like, mm. "Hey, I'm, well, what are these MSK guys like? What's that? What's that Nash Carter like? Maybe." Mm. Okay, I can see that happening, but I don't know if Matt Hardy, I mean, if Jeff Hardy wants to get involved with um, MSK Supplies, I don't know if that's a healthy thing for him to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go to last bit of feedback by Surin here. Bless Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson for doing what they could with that horrid material. I know the basics of poker, but I had no idea what was going on throughout that segment. All the convoluted rules at the start reminded me of an AEW Casino Battle Royale. (laughs) Over to see NXT like this, leave the memories alone. Ah. So, yeah, a, a, a lot of people still not on this uh, uh, NXT 2.0 train. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't say this was a strong episode this week. Definitely missed that killer match. But it seems like we're going to get a couple next week. Uh, Grayson Waller versus Tommaso Ciampa has been confirmed. And that main event of Pete Dunne versus Carmelo Hayes versus Johnny Gargano for the North American title should be pretty awesome. So a couple of things to look forward to there. Um well, that brings us to an end tonight. But, uh, Sino, before we go, have you have you got uh, any anything else you'd like to plug uh, coming up? Obviously, Shot in the Dark tomorrow. Um, where yep. can people find you on your socials? Yeah, absolutely. So find me on socials at CinoEvil, C-N-O-E-V-I-L, on everything, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, Wednesdays is probably my busiest days because I have Shot in the Dark in the morning, and then I have reports for MLW and now AEW Dynamite the same day on, um, on Wednesdays. So that's the the time you can definitely find me on postwrestling.com um this weekend i have a report for impact is doing a pay-per-view for turning point which should be okay i have moose and eddie edwards and a couple other pretty good matches on there um and yeah that's it and catch me on um, any other random shows i might pop on here or there 
And also, uh, if you want to head to prowrestlingtees.com slash up next, uh, you can find all our merchandise there. So go have a look. Christmas is coming. Uh, get in those orders early. Our hoodies were very, very popular last year. Uh, but I'd like to announce right now that uh, John Ceno will be having his own Shot in the Dark uh, shirt and hoodie coming out on the store this week. So it's been submitted. It should be up by the weekend. So do yourself a favor. I believe there's loads of promotions going on this weekend uh, due to it being Thanksgiving in the US. So a great time uh, to show your support to Mr. Sino and buy one of his shirts or hoodies. So uh, check that out. Should be up by the weekend. Uh, so prowrestlingtees.com slash up next. Um, well, thank you, Sino, for filling in this week. Uh, really appreciate it. You're, you're always, uh, you're a great hand, Sino. You're a great hand to have here. Thank um, you. I, I, I'm just happy we have chemistry, me and you. That's the one thing that I, I worry oh, yeah. about saying. And, uh, and, and let's go fire Frank on Thursday. Do it for Yonkers. Do it for Eddie Kingston. Come on. Do it for uh, Getty Square and everybody on the block. Come on, Frank. You can do it. Yes, we're almost there. The big first title defense of Fire Frank, the BDE champion. Will he fall at the first hurdle? He's got, he's got a fatal five-way to, to navigate through. That gives him a, uh, a 20% chance of winning if we're talking about wrestling logic. So uh, it could go either way, but that will be happening live on Twitch at 9 p.m., this thursday 9 p.m eastern time join us again tomorrow of course for bd elite where Braden will be back chatting all about aw dynamite it's the era of cowboy shit i think it's national cowboy shit day tomorrow so yep. uh maybe maybe we'll be in some cowboy hats for that um go ahead as i said at the beginning follow our twitch channel subscribe to our youtube give us a follow on twitter leave a five-star rating and review. All these things can help us a lot. And ultimately, go to patreon.com slash up next to give us your support. But that brings us to an end, guys. Thank you very, very much for joining us. You can find me at David Portman and find us at Up Next Podcast. And you can find John at Sino Evil. We'll chat to you very, very soon. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And... I don't know. I, I'm not good at these closes. See, you know, have the last word. Uh, I'm going all in. Okay. All in. Oh. All in. Oh, <laughs>
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.